Stay inspired on the go with Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast from internationally acclaimed executive coaches, authors and ministers, Albert and Comfort Okran. You will be inspired and challenged with strategies to consistently reach for new heights. And now, today's message by Reverend Albert Okran. From strength to strength. From strength to strength. I would like to ask you to turn your Bibles to the book of Psalm 84. And I'll read from verse 4 to verse 7. From strength to strength. Psalm 84, verse 4 to verse 7. It says, Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will still be praising you, seller. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a spring. The rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God. In Zion, may the Lord bless his word. Amen. Psalm 84 highlights the blessedness that comes with dwelling in the house of the Lord. It starts by talking about the beauty of God's house. And the writers, the sons of Korah, talk about their desire, their longing to continually abide in the house of the Lord. And in verse 4 that we read, it says, blessed, that means empowered to prosper, are those who dwell in God's house. Their mouths shall be full of praise. Why? Because their strength is in God. Their strength is in God. It says, blessed is the man whose strength is in you. Some people find strength in their beauty, some in their fame, some in their finances, their family name, some find strength in the education that they have, or their wisdom or even their social connections, all these are good, but they can fail you. Where is your strength? The one whose strength is in Jehovah keeps increasing in strength. And how does that happen? The Bible says that the heart of that person is on a pilgrimage or on a journey. And as they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a well or a spring. The valley of Baca in ancient Israel was a place of drought, a place that was very dry and very unproductive. It was also known as the valley of mourning, the valley of weeping, or the valley of tears. It is not the kind of place you will want to be. 
It was called the Valley of Tears because when travelers get there, they mourn or they weep because of the barrenness and the unproductive hostile terrain. That is the kind of place the Bible is describing as the Valley of Baca. And yet, in that same place of challenge, difficulty, and undesirability, Bible says those whose strength is in the Lord, they dig a spring and water begins to flow. That is your portion. That is strength. But something even more interesting happens. When they dig the well and the water begins to flow, the rain from heaven, God endorses their faith and their action and rain falls from heaven and covers those wells with pools. That is somebody with advantage having an even greater advantage. And that's what the Bible calls from strength to strength. A place where others are struggling. A place where others do not have hope. You go there and then you break through. And then beyond that breakthrough, a divine grace and a divine strength is superimposed upon your effort and it gets even better even more beautiful, even more glorious. Somebody understand that in this season, as we walk with God, we are moving from strength to strength. What people are looking at and they are saying, this is beautiful, it's about to get even better because we are moving from strength to strength and from glory to glory. Hallelujah. The last time we studied about the eagle and how it soars high above all other birds in great strength. And as we ponder over the subject of moving from strength to strength, I want to stay with the concept of flying and repackage some thoughts I shared a couple of years ago about aviation in a message I called Progress. And so what can we learn about from strength to strength from the airplane or the aircraft? A few years ago, my wife Comfort and I were traveling back home and waiting at the airport to board a plane. And as we sat on the balcony, a glass wall separated us from a number of planes parked on the tarmac. There were different sizes and different types of aircrafts. And on that tarmac, there must have been helicopters, two-seater planes, small planes that probably do only domestic flights, air ambulances, cargo planes, and commercial aeroplanes. Each of these had its own mandate. It also appeared that there were planes that looked dusty and unattended. That means that they had been sitting on the tarmac for a while, either because they were faulty, old, damaged, or the airlines were bankrupt. But in the midst of them all sat a beauty. Upon close inspection, it looked like a jumbo jet, Boeing 747-400. And that bird or that aeroplane looked like an eagle among other birds. It was obviously a statement 
of strength. And so my fertile imagination began to wonder about the size of the aircraft, the volume of fuel it carries, the number of passengers, their total weight, the weight of the luggage, and several other interesting calculations. I pulled out my phone and began to search on the internet for the details of that aircraft, and the first thing I found out shocked me. The 747 carries a minimum of 416 passengers with a maximum takeoff weight of 412,000 kilograms. I tried to wrap my mind around 400,000 or 412,000 kilograms and found out it's about 150 land cruisers. Just imagine... 150 land cruisers packed together and flying. It was a wonder. And so I just continued calculating and trying to understand the whole concept. But to my amazement, while I was wondering about how such a huge plane could fly, the attendants were bringing even more containers of luggage and piling them onto the plane. Bringing food, bringing logistics, bringing luggage in big containers. And then the buses began to arrive, and hundreds of passengers boarded the plane. Now, after a while, they gave a signal for takeoff, and the engines just revved and began to move very slowly. Now, observing from where I sat, it was a matter of great interest. It moved slowly, and then when it got onto the main runway, it increased the speed to a maximum speed and a maximum sound. And at a particular point, it just took off and disappeared in the clouds. It was a total show of strength. But somehow, I contrasted that picture with the planes that were sitting on the tarmac. I wanted to picture something that is strong, getting even stronger at a place where others are battling with unrealized potential. Hallelujah. Somebody in this season will move from strength to strength. Something God is doing in your life that is great will become even greater because God hasn't finished with you at all. What God has begun doing is a pilgrimage. It is a journey. It is a process. And he's making your life so beautiful. Hallelujah. And I would like to share some biblical laws of progress founded and anchored within the airplane. And so I would like to share with you five universal laws of progress, you can apply them to agriculture, you can apply them to your business, you can apply them to your life, you can apply them to a project, and I would like to situate them in the journey of a massive, strong aeroplane. The first law I would like to share about progress is the law of alignment. Alignment. When we receive a word 
from God a word like a year of influence, a season of acceptance, a word like arise, shine. We must align that word with our God-given mandate or assignment. Alignment refers to agreement, alliance, synchronicity. When you go to the mechanic and they say your car has an alignment problem, what they are saying is that the tire moves in a different direction from where your heart wants to move. So you want to go straight, but the tires of the car are moving right. And if you leave the steering wheel, the tires will lead you into an accident. That is what they call misalignment or alignment. They simply call it alignment. They don't bother about the miss. And so alignment is agreement moving in a straight line. Your movement must be aligned with the purpose of God for your life. We make progress when there is alignment between our purpose, our potential, and our position. Your purpose refers to what you are set up to do. Somebody is set up to be a pastor. Somebody is set up to be a business person. Somebody is set up to be a medical doctor. Somebody is set up to help the poor and the needy in a social enterprise. Your purpose is what you are set up to do. Your potential is what you are capable of becoming in that assignment. There are big doctors and small doctors. They are global influencers and local players. Your potential refers to, in that assignment, what you are capable of becoming. Your position refers to your current state. Where are you on that journey? What do you have? What do you not have? How far have you traveled? The reality of our lives is that sometimes while jumbo jets are moving some are stationary underutilized carrying less passengers than we are capable of flying less frequently than we should because business is poor or simply packed because the business is not doing well at all that was a situation the Israelites found themselves in in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 2 verse 1 to 3. Israel had been saved out of Egypt, delivered from Egypt, ostensibly to go to the promised land. After 430 years of captivity, it was time for them to move into their promise. But a combination of disobedience and unbelief meant that for 40 years, they moved around in circles without progress. Deuteronomy chapter 2 and the verse 1 to 3 says, Then we turned and journeyed into the wilderness of the way of the Red Sea, as the Lord spoke to me. And we scattered Mount Seir for many days. Verse 2. And the Lord spoke to me saying, 
you have skirted this mountain long enough. Turn northwards. What God was saying is enough of going around this mountain. Enough of movement without progress. My friends, the fact that we are active and busy does not necessarily mean we are making progress. Peter said we have toiled all night and gotten nothing. That means you can be working very hard, you can be toiling, but the fruits don't match the effort. And so God said you, there is, you, you've had a semblance of progress, but what you have been doing is going around the same circle, the same circle, the same circle, and you are so close to your breakthrough and yet so far away. Mount Seir represents that last barrier before your breakthrough, but which you are simply unable to cross. For many of us, we look at our lives and we see a certain mountain that has become a cycle. We always begin something, but we can't finish it. We always come so close and then something crosses us. We always have so much optimism, but somehow things don't materialize. As we talk about rising and shining, as we talk about from strength to strength, each of us must conceive that it's time to move beyond that mountain called Mount Seir. It is time to break ranks with that mountain and move northwards. What was God saying? The mountain may have become familiar the place of stagnation may have become so real, but it's time to move. Tell somebody, move. Nudge the person in the shoulder. Just tell the person, move, move, move. Hallelujah. It is possible to get so comfortable in a place because several other people are at that place. But God is saying, it's time to move. You have gone around this mountain long enough. A mountain of financial insufficiency. A mountain of ill health that is recurrent, it is time to move. It is time to move to that next place and that next level of your life. Hallelujah. It's time to move for somebody. It's time to shift from where we have been always. In Psalm 32, verse 8, Bible shows us the benefits of aligning ourselves with God's purpose. Psalm 32 verse 8 says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. God is assuring us that when we align our lives with him, in all our ways, he will instruct us. He will teach us what to do and he will guide us with his eye. When a parent is guiding a child, the parents may look unconcerned, but every movement of the child is covered. And the parent ensures that the child is safe and the child is making progress. God is saying that when you align with him, he will guide you with his eye. Hallelujah. The pilot must keep touch with the control tower, must take to the stipulated flight path, and must allow himself to be guided or herself to be guided 
about when to take off, where to pass, and even when to come in and land. Anytime a pilot, against the instruction, steers the plane off the flight path, or somebody unwanted enters the cockpit and wrestles control of the plane and diverts it, it is called hijacking. Is it possible that some of us have wrestled control of our lives from God and are steering it in a direction that pleases us contrary to the flight path that God has stipulated for us? Is it possible that some of us have allowed other people to define a path for us that runs contrary to where God would have us go? God is calling all of us into alignment, moving with him in a straight line, step by step by step, and he guiding us with his eye and teaching us what to do. Tell your neighbor, alignment. Tell them, I am aligned with God and his purpose for my life. The second law of progress is the law of interconnectedness interconnectedness that simply talks about collective aspiration synergy or shared dreams none of us is an island everyone on that plane had made their own plans some had planned a year before to travel some decided that morning and bought a last minute ticket some were on the honeymoon, others were on business, some were going to bury a loved one, and yet others were tourists looking for pleasure. And yet they were all on the same plane, sharing the same experience. Life is like that. You make your own plans and focus on your life, but there are several people inextricably linked with your life and each of them is very important in Genesis 2 18 the Lord God said it is not good that a man should be alone I will make him a helper comparable for him a helper comparable now we often use this verse to talk about weddings that God will give you a helper comparable to you. That is true. But the principle of partnership can be extended beyond weddings. It is not good that anyone should walk alone. Let me paint a picture for you. Let's say that each passenger on that plane paid an amount of $1,000, which is low for a transcontinental flight. Now, you pay your $1,000 and you sit on the plane. And you are relying on others to enable you pay thousand. Because if nobody else were on that plane and you had to pay to travel alone with 400 seats, you would need to pay $400,000. The only reason why you can pay thousand and board the plane is because somebody else will pay thousand and somebody else will pay thousand. 399 people pursuing their own agenda make it possible for you to pay less. Tell somebody, I need you. Tell the person, I need you badly. badly. 
every one of us on an assignment needs to connect with other people who may seem to be going their own way, but who you will need to get there. Moses was a man on assignment. But in pursuing that assignment, he had to connect with his father Amram, his mother Jochebed, to Pharaoh, to Pharaoh's daughter, to Aaron, to Miriam, to Joshua, different people. Because, and, and, to, and to even his father-in-law, each one of them was bringing a unique contribution to help him reach his destination. And so imagine a man with 10 different people, all of them pursuing their own assignment. But Amram is connected to Moses. Jochebed is connected to Moses. Aaron is connected. Miriam is connected. Pharaoh is connected. He needs Pharaoh's daughter. He needs Jethro. He needs Jethro's daughter Zipporah to marry him. He needs Joshua and he needs Caleb to spy out the promised land. Ten different players. But Moses needs all of them to make a contribution. There are some people you may not have met before, but in this season of your life, you will need them because their project is about to get so big, you can't do it alone. You are operating on four continents. You can't be in four places at the same time. May God bring the right people your way. May God open your eyes to recognize them, to appreciate them, to work with them well, and to optimize every blessing in this season of bigger and better and greater. The pilot needs the air hostess. He needs the steward. He needs even the one who will tell him to bring the plane forward, 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 pack. Tell somebody I need you. There is nobody who can run this journey alone. The thing God is bringing is so big, you need somebody. Interconnectedness. The third law I want to share is the law of momentum. I like the word momentum. Even the name is a bit forceful. Momentum. Momentum refers to the impetus, the driving force gained by an object as it moves and as it develops. The impetus or driving force gained by the movement of an object or the development of a process. Momentum works with different laws like the law of timing, the law of preparation, and the law of motion. I love the description of momentum given by Dr. Otterbill several years ago speaking at a conference. He said, sometimes a young man or a young person wants to push a, a, a vehicle tire. If you haven't pushed a tire before, maybe you were raised in cosmopolitan Accra. And he says, the tie is bigger and heavier than the young person. And so a lot of effort is spent trying to first lift the tie. And sometimes you need, you need help to lift it. And as they say, chuck it from falling. And then gently, after so much application of effort, the tie just moves gradually and then rotates once. And he says, that beginning is so difficult but after the tire has moved once or twice, it gets to the point where the young person can actually put your finger. And you are pushing the tire with one finger. 
somebody is beginning something today and it's so much force and so much strength but I came from God to announce to you that in a season that is very close that same project that involves so much struggle and so much push it will get to a point where you are pushing it with one finger one finger one finger because the strength of Jehovah will come into that work and what looks impossible what looks so difficult will become easy because you are moving from strength to strength and from glory to glory tell somebody momentum before you even start moving there is a lot of preparation involved people will book their flight they will check the weather forecast they will know which season is high season which season is low season how many passengers will be in first class and then business class and then the rest all kinds of calculations are made before the plane starts moving why is that important because when God says bigger and better and greater you say I will build a house in this season some of us are waiting for the money to come before we start preparation means that even if you have not seen the money start drawing the building start asking the questions start going around checking you see respond in faith and start moving and as you are moving the place that is called baka the place that is called unproductive the place that is called dry as you move you begin to dig a well and then water begins to come out and as the water comes out the rain of heaven will endorse your action and even though you don't have the resources today the resources will flow from heaven to enable you build a house hallelujah tell somebody I'm digging in Baca I am digging a well and the water will flow and the rain will flow and I will experience an overflow in Jesus name hallelujah it is important to build momentum as you seek to do something in Luke 14 28 the Bible enjoins us that which of us seeking to build a house will not first sit down and plan what is required to build it in this season may somebody begin to make some calculations this week may somebody step out and begin to ask questions about that thing God is impressing on your heart don't sit down and wait and see everything before you move the spirit of faith makes us move even when we have not seen everything that we need just begin to move as you move God will open your eye as you move God will connect you to somebody as you move you will stumble on one idea or one opportunity and one thing will lead to another and you will move from strength to strength hallelujah when the engines of the plane are revved at such a high speed and high sound the plane is still at, at the same place and even though it's a jumbo jet with capacity to travel at 920 kilometers per hour, it starts at about five kilometers, just like a, a, a bicycle. Five kilometers. And then it's moving. And then it's moving. And then it gets onto the runway. And that same plane begins to speed. And begins to speed. And there is a point between 240 and 260 kilometers when the plane must lift off the ground if it tries to lift before that time the plane will not fly 
if he does not lift at that time and continues like the ostrich to speed on the ground, the plane will either overshoot the runway or will disintegrate. A plane cannot go beyond some speed on the ground. The parts will just break up. That means there is an optimum timing to take off. Prematurely, it's not good. And then going beyond the time is also not good. May God give you understanding of divine timing. Now, why is that plane weighing 400,000 kilograms able to lift off the ground? It's very simple. At that point where it lifts, the law of gravity that holds it down is overtaken by a greater law, the law of aerodynamics. When a greater law is superimposed on another law, what is impossible becomes possible. In Romans chapter 8, verse 1 and verse 2, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Now watch this. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. What does it mean? It means that previously our lives were operating in a different law that has limitations like the law of gravity. But when we gave our lives to Christ, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, like the law of aerodynamics, lifts us above sin, lifts us above difficulty, lifts us above limitations, and what is impossible now becomes possible to us. Friends, what we are going to do is not going to be done by might nor by power. It is going to be done by the spirit of the Lord. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus will empower you and enable you to do the impossible. Hallelujah. Tell somebody, Ghana, I am coming. Announce to yourself, Ghana, I am coming. Tell yourself, Africa, I am coming. The world, I am coming. I am moving from strength to strength. Celebrate the Lord this morning. Somebody who has been cruising on on the tarmac is about to take off. Somebody who has been cruising on the runway is about to take off. Your vision is big. And yet God is adding more and more cargo. More and more cargo. More and more passengers. Why? Because you are about to move from strength to strength. And when you start moving, do not worry. At the appointed time and at the appointed season, the law of aerodynamics will allow you to rise above gravity. It may be big, but it will fly. I came to make an announcement to somebody. Your vision will fly. Your dream will fly. Your project will fly. You cannot be limited. You cannot be stopped. You cannot be kept under. You will rise. You will shine. You will fly in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. That turning point can be, can be likened to a tipper truck. When a tipper truck is tipping sand, it lifts and tilts and lifts 
and tilts, and there is an expectation, but nothing is dropping. And then very soon, a few greens begin to drop, and it's still lifting, and tilting, and lifting, and tilting. But at an optimum point, when there is another degree shift in the tipper track, everything you have expected comes crashing down, comes flowing down. I came to announce to somebody, in a season and a time appointed by God very shortly, the same resources you have been believing God for, it has been coming little by little. When the momentum kicks in, one day, without announcement, a second degree shift, a little shift, and the resources will flow like never before. May somebody receive grace from above. May somebody receive strength from above. May somebody who is already strong move from strength to strength in Jesus' name. Tell somebody I'm moving. Hallelujah. The fourth law. The first law is the law of alignment. The second is the law of interconnectedness. The third is the law of momentum. The fourth is the law of turbulence. Jesus said to the disciples, let us go to the other side. But as they went, halfway across the waters, they experienced a storm. Sometimes in the course of your flight, you will experience turbulence or uncertainty. But keep your eyes on your destination. Jesus didn't say, let us go into the storm. He says, let us go to the other side. The announcement from God is that the plane may shake, the weather may threaten, but you will get there. In Romans chapter 8, verse 18 and verse 19, there is a word of God for somebody going through some kind of struggle as you try to birth something beautiful. It says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Verse 19, For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. There is some glory about to break forth in your life. The God's word translation of the scriptures gives a a, a very interesting dimension to these two verses. It says, I consider our present sufferings insignificant compared to the glory that will soon be revealed to us. In verse 19 of that version, it says, all creation is eagerly waiting for God to reveal who his children are. Let not your heart be troubled. Do not be discouraged by the little insignificant problems that surround you. The assurance from God is that the glory is greater. Insignificant challenges, greater glory. Let's see it together. Insignificant challenges, greater glory. One more time. Insignificant challenges, greater glory. 
The challenges are insignificant compared to the great glory, the strength God is about to manifest with your life. In the book of John, 16 verse 21, Bible says, a woman when she is in labor has sorrow because her hour has come. But as soon as she has given birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. Somebody is about to forget the troubles that have surrounded you today. <laughs> tell somebody this one too shall pass. Oh, tell the next person this one too it shall pass. When the glory comes, you will forget the pain. When the glory comes, you will forget the shame. When the glory comes, you will forget the desertion and the intimidation. Something beautiful, something powerful, something glorious will break forth out of the challenges that surround your journey. In Jesus' name. The final one is the law of renewal. 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 It's also known as the law of continuity. Life is a never-ending continuum. Never-ending. We go from strength to strength. We don't stop because we have achieved one act in strength. We whose hope, whose strength is in Jehovah, we keep moving from strength to strength. Years ago, whenever a plane landed at Kutuka in Accra, and it was very common on Ghana Airways, the passengers will applaud the pilot for a good job done. It was a very constant feature on Ghana Airways. They will clap for the pilot for landing. And for that reason, the pilots trained about how to land planes so smoothly that they will get the applause. Old-time Ghana Airways pilots, they just could land planes. But guess what? After the clapping, the pilot doesn't go to sleep and say, I did it. I made it. After landing the plane, a couple of hours' time, they've removed the things, cleaned the plane, and put more things on it, and they're off again. What does it mean? It means that as we walk with the Lord from strength to strength, you don't celebrate one victory for too long. You don't enjoy one breakthrough and say, I did it. Oh, yes. But God wants to do much more. God wants to do even greater things. Keep moving. Tell somebody, keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving. In Philippians 3, 13 and 14, Paul brings us home with a very important scripture we are all very familiar with. Reminding us of the need for continuity. Philippians 3, 13 and 14, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to those things which are ahead, I press. I press, I press, I press, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward, upward call of God in Christ Jesus. This morning, as I conclude, I invite somebody to press on. Press on in strength, 
it is time to press. Forget about the disappointment of yesterday. Forget about the achievements of yesterday. Forget about the big breakthrough you are seeing right in front of you. God wants you to move from strength to strength. Wherever you find yourself on this journey, your prayer today should be to align yourself with God's purpose. Appreciate the interconnectedness of your life with different people. To build momentum. Start small, but build momentum and take off. To overcome every turbulence. And then finally, when you land, to renew yourself and take off again. May somebody receive strength from Jehovah. May somebody who has caught a vision in your heart receive the strength to push and press and push until the dream becomes a reality in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast by Albert and Comfort Okran. Like our Facebook and Twitter pages at Albert N. E. Okran and Comfort Okran A for free resources and information about our itinerary, conferences, and media broadcast. For speaking appointments, email albert.okran at icloud.com or SMS or WhatsApp us on plus 233-2499-9900. You may also subscribe to www.albertokran.com Amazon.com or your favorite online bookstore for copies of our inspirational books and audiovisual materials. Until we come your way again, always remember you are blessed indeed. No more searching. Searching. The light has the light has come. Come.